The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? How are the Montreal Canadiens now? Well, folks, your Montreal Canadiens come back from an absolute shit show last night and they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-1 to in regulation in Ohio. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake. And um, I, I would say I'm pretty satisfied with that effort on the second half of a back-to-back with travel and after getting destroyed the night before. Um, to come back and play a game like that, a uh, tight game for the most part, and manage to eke out a win, I mean, you got to be satisfied with the effort level. Uh, it's, it's not good for the tank, but I think there was good things in there uh, for the rebuild. So let's get into it. Uh, they didn't get scored on in the first 30 seconds of the game. So that's a great start, right? Gave up three in the first three minutes uh, the night before. So uh, very, very good start to just not get scored on in the first 30 seconds. And nobody scored in the first period at all. It was a pretty boring period. Back and forth. Habs got a power play at the end of the period. But shocker, they don't score or look good on that power play. Still a problem. We go into the second period, 0-0. It's a little more tilted for Columbus in that one. Uh, They actually got two breakaways in a row at one point. Um, Mathieu Olivier came out of the box after another failed Habs power play and got a breakaway. And then seconds later, Gustave Nyquist got a breakaway as well. Samuel Montembeau really putting in the work in this game. He wasn't shelled by a lot of shots, but they had some quality chances, and he really stood tall on those quality chances. It could have gotten away from them in the second period there, but it didn't. Still 0-0 heading into the third. And the third, that's where it finally happens. Of course, a game like that, uh, second half of a back-to-back with travel, you figure it's probably going to be the Habs that give up the first one, and they do. Some absolutely horrendous play in the defensive zone by Mike Matheson and David Savard. Mike Matheson just flips the puck up in the air trying to get it out, and it lands right there for Mathieu Olivier. He walks in, shoots through traffic, rips it in, one nothing for the Blue Jackets. But the Habs roar back into this game. All of a sudden, the effort level's turned up to 30 out of 10. I don't even know if that exists, but it, they they did it. <clears throat> Jake Evans gets the zone, drives low, circles back, like curls into the boards, comes back towards the point, gives it to Arbor Jackai. Arbor Jackai, seeing eye, shot through traffic, beats Eunice Corpusalo, and it's 1-1. Not too long after that, the Habs keep the pressure on. Cole Caulfield with a beauty cross-ice pass in the offensive zone over to Kirby Doc. Doc throws it into the middle towards David Savard, who joined the rush, trying to make up for his earlier terrible defensive play, and it goes in off of his skate. He gets rewarded. 2-1, to one, the Habs are cooking. 
Columbus doing everything they can to get back into this game, trying to get themselves a win. Uh, pull their goalie for the extra attacker later on in the frame. Sean Monahan steals the puck in the defensive zone, fires a long shot. Stad padding puts it in 3-1. to one. That's your final. Not a bad effort. Again, coming off of a really brutal loss with travel immediate game you got to go from montreal to ohio it's not super long travel but you know it's travel you play one night you got to go the next night i mean i sat here last night feeling a little bit under the weather and recorded a podcast and i feel tired staying up right now to record another podcast so i can only imagine what it feels like to play two nhl games in two nights with travel Um, i didn't have to travel anywhere except for from my bedroom to my kitchen and to my office into my living room for a little bit I, i changed my son's diaper once or twice today i don't know that's, that's about it. And I'm tired. So imagine how they feel. Good work. Good effort. What did we really like from that game? Right? Who's your who's your player of the game? I can't really pick just one. Um, I'm going to start with Arbor Jackai. Uh, let's never sit Arbor Jackai again. How about that? Uh, he had a great game. Uh, obviously scored a big goal for the Habs. Um, I really think that sitting him the night prior was a mistake. Uh, I think I said it on that episode of the podcast, though, that I would expect him to maybe get back in to the lineup. Um, I don't really agree with who they took out of the lineup in order to put him in. They sat, uh, who did they sit? They sat Jordan Harris. Who else sat? It doesn't matter. I, I didn't agree with them taking Jordan Harris out in particular. Uh, but they got Arbor Jacki back into the game, and lo and behold, plays a great game, scores a big goal for them. Love it. Fantastic. He did have a rough night, as he tends to, with uh, high-danger chances against. Um, I think it was four against and, and none for, because his goal was definitely not a high-danger chance. It was it was a weird seeing eye shot through the point. But uh, I digress. It, it was a good game from him. Possession-wise, he was almost 50-50. Uh, I liked his effort, and I want to see more of the young players, so keep him in the lineup. You could also very well go with your player of the game for Cole Caulfield. Caulfield was buzzing in that game. There was a four-on-four sequence uh, in the what second period where he goes in on the four-check. Uh, he manages to tip an attempted pass out of midair, goes in a really shitty angle, goes to the backhand, and almost had the opening goal of the game. Uh, other than that, like he was a beast on the forecheck in general in that game. <laughs> Tenacious. It was wild to see, especially, again, second half of a back-to-back with travel. You might think that you know one of your younger players in the roster uh, would have some energy. Uh, he had arguably the most energy of anybody on the ice. And um, really, really fantastic game from him. He was great in the high-danger scoring chance department. I think it was 1-4-0 and zero against. So fantastic game Cole Caulfield could very well be a very good choice for your player of the game depending on how you slice it Um, and then Kirby Doc you could also go with Kirby Doc in that game Uh, again great effort from him really looking like a fantastic pickup by Kent Hughes at the draft Uh, you know what more can you say that line is when when that line's going the Montreal Canadiens are going and they got a good chance to win when that line doesn't go it's a little bit tougher that's why you can say with conviction that the rebuild is not over because you, you really have one line that's kind of making things happen. Uh, the other lines occasionally chip in, but you really need that line specifically to be going in order to win games. Good teams, teams that compete for Stanley Cups, they've got at least two or three lines that can burn you, and then they've got one that can kind of just eat up minutes and, uh, and make things difficult for the other team. Right now, the Habs, they got one line that can burn you, and they got a couple of lines that 
in in short bursts can burn you, but can't really sustain anything um, over a significant amount of games in a row. So uh, there, there's work to be done, but there are good things. And that line's a big part of it. That's why Kirby Doc or Cole Caulfield could very well be your player of the game if you want. My personal pick for player of the game, you got to go with Samuel Montembeau. Uh Again, when you look at that second period, it could have gotten away from them. He had t- two breakaways in a row there that he made the save on that I described earlier. Um, there, were, there was a number of really nice saves. He made a save on, I think it was Gustav Nyquist uh, in tight. Um, you know, he made the initial save, but the rebound kind of gave a bit of a juicy one, and he had to extend his pad out. Made a real nice, like almost toe save off the pad uh, to keep it out of the net. He was solid in that game. The only shot that beat him was off that brutal giveaway by Mike Matheson, and Mathieu Olivier shooting it through traffic. I mean, you, you can't fault him for that one. He had no line on it. Um, I mean, you could ask him to maybe track the puck a little bit you're, you're splitting hairs and, and you're really reaching if you want to try to blame him for that goal is what I'm trying to say it's clearly not his fault um, nothing he could do but every single other shot that he could do something about he did uh, he looked fantastic the first breakaway save on Olivier was great it was like a, it was a glove save but he really he didn't have to move his glove like it's not like he had to reach out and make a crazy save he just he outweighed Mathieu Olivier Olivier thought, okay, if I skate real hard and I start moving to my left a little bit, oh, he's going to move and then I'm going to be able to just deposit it there. He just stuck with it, just stared him down, and it went right into his glove. And then he made a real good save. Uh, again, Nyquist went after that, and he tried to go five-hole. Montembeau just shut that five-hole. He shut it real quick. Made sure there was no shot. Um, loved his effort in that game, honestly. The only problem with Montembeau is that he's so on and off. Like, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast... They didn't get scored on in the first 30 seconds, and that's a great start. That's a really great start when you have Semyon Montembeau in that. If he gives one up in the first 30 seconds, you know it's it's going to end up a, a lot more like that Buffalo game than the one that we just watched. Um, he seems to get down on himself if he gets scored on early, but if he makes a couple of saves early, look out. He's going to make it very difficult for you for the rest of the night. Whoever's playing against the Habs, not going to have fun trying to put the puck past him. It's it's crazy. It's 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 night and day with him. It's again got to make those first couple of saves, and if he does, man, he looks like an all star. But you know, there there's those nights where he does let one in, and uh, and you get a very different looking uh, Dikembe in there. So it's um, it's unfortunate. You'd you'd love for him to maybe be the next Carey Price. He probably won't be, but for now, geez, he's given them some chances to win some games that they otherwise wouldn't be able to win. It's uh, it's something. When he's on, it's something. Now, I should also mention, um, I, I talked about Savard and uh, Matheson having some brutal defensive zone play that led to the goal against. They were actually not bad in that game overall. Matheson had arguably his best game in a Habs uniform. It was just one brain fart that led to a goal against. He's he's probably going to be able to weed those out. Uh, he was one of the better possession players for the Habs in the night. Um, I think he played like 20 minutes close to it. Um, I, I think this is a good sign to see him play a game like that, especially, again, second half back-to-back with travel. You're going to play like that? That works for me. Let's see if he can parlay that into you know some more successful games moving forward. And David Savard as well, obviously, um, wasn't as good possession-wise as Matheson was, uh, but he played a pretty good game, uh, jumped into the rush at the exact right moment, 
you know, I was joking around in the EOTP Slack chat about it, and I was like, I'm not giving him credit for the puck hitting his skate, but you got to give him credit. He filled that lane. He went right down the middle. Nobody else was there. Um, it was it was the right time for him to jump into the rush. And, you know, sometimes you got to be good to be lucky, right? You don't just find yourself in the slot when a pass happens to be coming across that's intended for you and have it go off your skate without you doing something right. So I will hand it to David Savard, you know, Maybe I don't necessarily need him to be taken out of the lineup. I would like to see his role reduced, at least, still. I, I honestly don't believe that he is a top defenseman on this team. Um, I think they they, they got to pull back a little bit with him. But I will say, fantastic game overall. Maybe not fantastic. Very good game. Um, you know who else had a very good game? Johnny Kovacevic, another guy they sat the night prior. I think I complained about that in the last episode as well. They bring him back into the lineup. Lo and behold, great game. Again, one of the better players on the Habs in terms of possession. Looked fantastic out there. I mean, I really think they need to try and ride the youth movement as much as humanly possible. This is why, like, you know, again, I'm not trying to dump on David Savard, but when I suggest taking him out of the lineup, it's in service of that. Right, It's in service of me wanting to see the young players more than wanting to see guys that are in their 30s. Because we know by the time this team is ready to compete, these older guys are probably not going to be around. They're going to replace them, either with people that they've drafted or with free agents that they're going to go out and get that are ostensibly going to be upgrades. We hope. But, you know, it's maybe just my brain, maybe just me. I just want to see the younger players a little bit more than I want to see the older guys. Um, last but not least, last thing I want to bring up, Sean Monahan's empty netter. I think I brought this up maybe five, six, seven episodes ago. I can't remember, but I don't care how he gets his goals. I do not. If he scores 15 more empty netters before the trade deadline and they can sell based on that. I mean, there are GMs out there who jump at stats. Let's face it. They're going to go, whoa, this guy scored 20 goals. They're not going to care necessarily if 15 of them were empty netters. Now, let's face it. He's not going to score 15 empty netters. Let's calm down, Matt. But it doesn't matter. You want those stat padding efforts like that. First of all, it's a pretty good empty net goal because he gets the steal in the defensive zone before flipping it, you know, 175 feet into the net. But second of all, it's pumping those numbers up. And we want those numbers pumped up before the trade happens. We're expecting him to get moved. And, you know, they already got a first rounder just for taking on his contract. If they get another first rounder, my God, that is such a massive steal for the rebuild. This is this is a golden opportunity for the Habs. They need to continue to feature him, continue to have him on the ice in those late game moments where he can seal the deal like that. Give yourself as much ammunition as possible going into a trade negotiation with another team. It could work out real well both for the Montreal Canadiens and for Sean Monaghan. It could get him onto a team that really has a shot at going after a Stanley Cup, and it could get the Habs exactly what they need to accelerate this rebuild and get them close to competing a little bit quicker. Overall, you look at that game, a lot to like. I know, again, we got got to talk about it. It's bad for the tank. Let's face it. But I've brought this up many times. I really don't think this team is going to be bad enough to be in one of those prime lottery positions where first overall is is a realistic possibility. I think they're going to be in the lottery, but um, I think we need to temper our expectations a little bit on that front and accept that this team is a little bit better than, you know, bottom five in the league. Although, 
they're not far off from bottom five in the league. I haven't even looked at the standings after that win, but I think they're in the bottom 10 at least. I mean, they're going to have a good draft pick no matter what. And I I just can't see myself sitting here rooting for them to lose, especially after that Buffalo game. I, I feel like they, they needed they needed just a good effort. If they lost that game, I wouldn't have been upset, right? If they lost four to three, let's say in that third period when things started getting crazy and there was goals coming all of a sudden after 40 minutes of nothing, um, I wouldn't have been upset at them losing. But if they were going to lose or win, doesn't matter. What we needed to see there was a, a comeback effort, just better than they were against Buffalo, right? So, you know, losing four to three would have been fine. Winning three to one, well, that's the same thing. So the good news is, you know, this is not last year's team. They are better now. They're going to keep getting better, and we get to be along for the ride. So we got to enjoy the wins when we can enjoy them, because um, who knows? The next one might be another seven to two loss. Anyways. I'm going to cut it off there. That's two episodes in a row. Like I said, I'm tired. I'm an old man. We're running what? About 17 minutes. So, c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I am on Twitter, at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.